Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. WTBN, Pinellas Park. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. Peter's emphasis is the, the importance of paying attention to the Word of God, because right now we are in darkness. We're in a fallen world. We, we are not in the light of, of the, the dawning of the new kingdom. As we go through this world, which is dark with ignorance and dark with, with sin, we have one thing that guides us, and that is the written word of God. That's how you protect yourself, folks, from being gullible and, and, and buying into everything that comes down the pike. It is amazing how Christians are so undiscerning about things they hear. You can be very discerning because you've been given a lamp in darkness. Years ago, when we moved to a new city, we got there on a night so dark and foggy that we actually had to get out of the car and walk up to the street signs with a flashlight to find our way. Without that flashlight, we'd have been really lost. Light is even more important in our spiritual lives, and the Bible is the only source of light we can trust. Welcome to Verse by Verse a radio Bible class led by Pastor Steve Kreloff, the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. The Apostle Peter wrote a special letter to several churches in Asia Minor dealing with false teachers who had been bringing confusion into those churches. One major problem was their contention that Jesus was not going to come back again, despite what Peter and the Scriptures had said. Peter wrote to correct the lie, and in so doing, gave those believers, and us as well, some helpful tools in becoming spiritually mature. Today, Pastor Steve will wrap up his last message in this series from Second Peter chapter 1. We'll see that not only does the New Testament promise that Jesus will return, so does the Old Testament. Here's Pastor Steve now to fill us in. Also, notice Isaiah chapter 9. This is a good example of uh, his first and second coming being uh, taught and revealed in one passage. Verse 9, it says, the famous Christmas passage, for a child will be born to us and a son will be given to us. That has already been fulfilled. That's Christmas time. But this has not been fulfilled. The government will rest on his shoulders. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. The Lord Jesus is not yet set down on the throne of David. Now he is set down at the, at a throne in heaven, but that is not the throne of David. The throne of David is an earthly throne out of Jerusalem. It is in that line of, of David, and this has not taken place yet. The governments of the world does not rest upon our Lord's shoulders in this sense. He has not sat upon David's throne ruling the government yet. 
Zechariah, let's turn to Zechariah. It is, uh, I give you a hint, it is uh, the, the next to last book of the Old Testament, right before Malachi. Zechariah 14, verses 4 through 9, give us a description of what will occur when Christ comes at his second coming. Verse 4, in that day, Zechariah 14, 4, in that day his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which is in front of Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives will be split in its middle from east to west by a very large valley so that half of the mountain will move towards the north and the other half towards the south and you will flee by the valley of my mountains for the valley of the mountains will reach to Azel. Yes, you will flee just as you fled before the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. Then the Lord, my God, will come and all the holy ones with him. In that day, there will be no light. The luminaries will dwindle for it will be a unique day, which is known to the Lord, neither day nor night, but it will come about that at evening time, there will be light and, and goes on to say some other things concerning this. But, uh, when Jesus comes back, he's coming back literally to where he, the same spot he left off. Remember, it was from the Mount of Olives that he ascended to be with the Father. And the angel said to his disciples, why are you gazing into heaven? This same Jesus will come again. And he's coming again then or, or there, that spot, the Mount of Olives. And it will cause a, 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 a change in the topography of Jerusalem. Jerusalem will never be the same. There'll be like an earthquake and there'll be a new valley there. And listen, there are, in addition to these passages, there are many, many other passages that predict Christ's second coming. Specifically, there are about 220 passages or, or prophecies that remain to be fulfilled, and they will be fulfilled just as literally as the ones predicting his first coming because the Bible is reliable. It is the sure prophetic word. See, Peter's, Peter's concern is that his readers and us by way of application would not be shaken in our belief in the doctrine of the second coming. That's his point. And so he informs them that rather than listening to false teachers, rather than embracing that stuff, those who are denying Christ's return, they can depend on the word of God because it is absolutely reliable, absolutely trustworthy. And that's why Peter goes on in verse 19 to give his readers an important warning. In light of the word being sure, there's an important warning. Notice he says, and we have the prophetic word made more sure or... How I would prefer it to be translated is we have more sure the prophetic word. He writes, to which you do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts. Now, Peter warns his readers, and it's a warning to us, that since they were exposed to false teachers and their teaching, they needed, he said, to pay careful attention to the scriptures. It seems to me that this warning is even more pertinent to us today. Why? Because we've had 2,000 years of accumulated error. 2,000 years of, of error to develop and be systematized and propagated. And today, error is more accessible than certainly in Peter's day and ever before through the media, television and radio and books and literature. There is no end to, to our access to error. And so this is a very important warning. How can we survive spiritually when there's so much false teaching out there that bombards us? Well, Peter's answer is to pay attention to the word of God. Because he says it's like a lamp shining in a dark place. Peter states that this world is, is dark. 
And dark in, in the Bible speaks of ignorance. It speaks of the fallenness of morally, spiritually dark. Literally, the word dark means dirty or, or, or murky. It's sort of gloomy. It's not, not pitch black, but it's just sort of murky, filled with error and false teaching. And it's only God's word that gives enlightenment so that you can have understanding of the way things really are. That's, that's very important that you understand this. It's a lamp shining in a dark place. Listen, the only way that you and I can know the truth about the future or anything else in life is by paying attention to the word of God. That's, that's it. There's no other way. The written revelation, without God's written revelation, you and I would not know truth from error. We would not know who's a solid Bible teacher and who's a false teacher. We would not know who's out to help you and lead you to the truth or who's out to give you misleading statements. See, you and I do not have the capacity to discern truth apart from error, apart from the light of God's word. When Adam fell and the race fell, every part of man was affected by the fall, and that includes your mind. You cannot figure out what's true just based on your your reasoning. Our minds were affected and are still affected by the fall. Therefore, we lost the capacity to know truth apart from the Bible. This is why, and I think it's a dangerous statement, and I I hear this from those who want to defend the validity of what they say is psychology, and you'll hear this statement, all truth, they'll say, is God's truth. Now, that's not a bad statement in and of itself, but where they're going with it is bad. What they're saying is, look, there's a lot of truth out there that God hasn't revealed in his word, and we're just picking up on it. So all truth is God's truth. In and of itself, that's a, that's a good statement. However, however, it's a dangerous statement. It's a misleading statement because if all truth is God's truth, and that's right, how do you know it's truth unless you evaluate it in light of the word? How would you possibly know it's truth? So I can say anything is truth. No, we only know it because Jesus said, thy word is truth. You evaluate everything in light of the word of God. That's why Psalm 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. So Peter tells us to pay attention to this reliable prophetic word, which is the only way to see truth in a dark and and dingy fallen world. However, it may surprise you to know it won't always be like this. Someday we will have full and complete knowledge apart from the Bible. Now that's a, a sounds like a strange statement from this pulpit to make, but notice how Peter ends verse 19. He says, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. In other words, we're to pay attention to the written word of God until a certain event takes place, which Peter refers to as the, as a day, the day dawning and the morning star rising in your hearts. And what does he mean by this? These are expressions that both refer to the second coming of Christ, the dawn of the day and the morning star's reflection of the sun are two events that signal the coming of a new day. And Peter has a, a new specific day in mind that he's referring to. It is the dawning of the millennial kingdom of Christ when he returns to this earth. Peter states that when Jesus returns and establishes his kingdom on earth, we won't need to pay attention to God's word as a lamp in a dark place. Why? Well, it's very simple. Because you don't need a lamp during the daytime, do you? You only need a lamp when it's dark. Nobody uses a flashlight when it's bright day. You use a flashlight when it's dark. You see, when Christ returns, we will have complete and perfect knowledge. Whereas now our knowledge 
our knowledge from Scripture, while absolutely trustworthy, is limited. God has not revealed everything to us. Let's, let's look to support this. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Paul sort of dealt with the same thing here in 1 Corinthians 13, and maybe this will clarify it. When he said in verse 9, For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. Our, our knowledge is only in part. And our, and our Bible teaching, our preaching is only in part. We don't have everything. We just have what God has revealed. But when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. When I was a child, I used to speak like a child, think like a child, reason like a child. When I became a man, I did away with childish things. In other words, that, that we have, in one sense, sort of immature knowledge, just the knowledge that God has given us now in this, in this time period. But there's a maturity coming. For us, He says in verse 12, but now, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully, just as I also have been fully known. There's a fullness of knowledge that's coming, and we don't have it yet. It's coming. The time of Christ's return, and then ultimately in the millennial kingdom, and then even into the eternal kingdom. But for right now, Peter's emphasis is the, the importance of paying attention to the word of God, because right now we are in darkness. We're in a fallen world. We, we are not in the light of, of the, the dawning of the new kingdom. As we go through this world, which is dark with ignorance and dark with, with sin, we have one thing that guides us, and that is the written word of God. That's how you protect yourself, folks from being gullible and, and, and buying into everything that comes down the pike. It is amazing how Christians are so undiscerning about things they hear. You can be very discerning because you've been given a lamp in darkness. So having said that, why should we really, though, pay attention to Scripture? How important is it? How do we know that the Bible is, is, more, is that more sure prophetic word? Maybe maybe someone would say, well, the Bible is just a, a, a bunch of Jewish guys who got together and gave you their opinions. How do we know this? Well, Peter tells us why the word is so certain and reliable. Notice verses 20 and 21. But know this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. First Peter tells us that no scripture is a matter of private interpretation or one's own interpretation. What does that mean? As I told you earlier, the Roman Catholic Church says that uh, this means that no individual can properly on their own interpret the Bible. You need the interpretations handed down by the church, and by church they mean what takes place in Vatican, by the official Roman Catholic Church. But that's not what Peter is teaching at all. That's not what he's teaching at all, because the Greek word that's translated interpretation is never used in Scripture, should never be uh, translated that way. It means literally to unloose or untie in the sense of unraveling the truth or unfolding the truth. Peter is not referring to how we interpret Scripture, or for that matter, how anyone interprets Scripture, but how it originated. He's talking about the origin. In other words, no scripture is a matter of any Bible writer untying or unfolding the truth. It didn't originate with them. It didn't come from them. They didn't invent their own prophecies. That's what he's saying. Then where did the scriptures originate? Verse 21 tells us, and this is the context. It's the origin that he's talking about. 
For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. This is one of those key verses that that gives us tremendous insight into this whole process of inspiration and the origin of the Bible. No scripture, Peter says, was ever produced because men decided on their own to write something down. That's very important that you understand that. The Bible is not the product of human effort. Instead, each Bible writer spoke or wrote from God as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. And the thought is that what these men wrote down was precisely the words God gave them to write because the Holy Spirit so controlled them so that as the result, they spoke from God. Now, let me just comment on this word that's translated uh, controlled or, or moved, it says in my translation, or I think some say born along or carried along. That's a marvelous word. It means more than, than, than just slightly controlling somebody. This word was used by Luke in the book of Acts to refer to a boat, a ship, a vessel on the sea carried along by the wind. Remember when Paul was was on the ship that eventually was a shipwreck? Luke says that it was borne along, it was carried along, it was controlled by the wind. That's the thought here. The Holy Spirit so controlled these men that that even though he didn't bypass their own personalities, their unique uh, styles of writing, their thought processes, their everything unique there, I think I said vocabulary, but if I didn't, their voca- vocabulary choice of words, he used them. They were, they were not passive in this process. They were actually active, but the Lord so controlled them without violating their wills that what they wrote down was precisely what was breathed out by God. Precisely. So the result is we have an inspired, infallible, inerrant, which means without any errors, Word of God. He did not, contrary to what some people think, he did not dictate the Bible to them. There are some places that certain prophecies or things uh, were dictated, but for the most part, uh, it was not that at all. It was a mysterious process whereby they were actually active, but he so controlled them so that they didn't write their just their own thoughts. They wrote his words. The Bible's inspired in words, not just in concepts. That's a theory of inspiration that's wrong, where some will say, well, the concepts are inspired, but but not the words. Listen, you can't have concepts without words. And Paul builds, actually in the New Testament, Paul builds uh, whole arguments of doctrine based on one word. So words are important. And and the point here is, is that the end product was that we have a reliable word because they spoke from God. That's inspiration. Now, with all this information to digest, we don't want to miss Peter's main point. And what is that? The reason that you and I can have absolute confidence that Jesus Christ will come again is because the scriptures which come from God say it. Predicted. That's it. It took us about 45 minutes to get to that. But that's the point. That's it. It's always good to have a point when you give a message. And that's it. Teachers and and anyone else who might deny Christ's return are just giving their own opinions. That's all they're giving, and and they're wrong in their opinions. Their opinions are as good as ours, but it is the word that we trust. The word with over 300 predictions from the writers of Scripture about the first and second coming of Christ is something we trust. They didn't invent their message. They spoke from God. Praise God. Let's bow for prayer. There's a lot to absorb in a passage like this. A lot of truths coming at us. 
But one thing that you you must make certain is that you're ready for the return of Jesus Christ. Are you? Are you ready for his return? If you're a Christian, it is a blessed hope. It is a purifying hope because your sins are forgiven, already been forgiven when you trusted him. But if you are not yet a believer in Christ, it's a terrifying thought to think that he's coming again to punish sin. And then it'll be too late to accept him. It'll be too late, but you can be ready. How do you get ready? By coming to faith in him, by recognizing that you are a sinner by nature, by choice, and that you you need to turn from your sin and turn to Jesus Christ and trust him alone for your salvation, to embrace him, to surrender to him, to commit your life to him, all, all part of the same process. But if you are a believer, how, how can you survive the onslaught of doubts and confusion concerning our Lord's return? And any other false teaching, for that matter, listen, it's by paying attention to the word. Are you doing that? Do you spend time in the word of God? Are you a student of the Bible? It's, it's so easy for us to get too busy to spend time paying attention to the word. We could be serving him and yet neglecting our own Bible study. Peter says to pay attention to it. It's your only lamp in a dark world. Without this, you have no guidance. I urge you to make sure that you get into the Bible. Let the, let the word of God be your guiding light. I'll give us a few moments to pray, speak to the Lord about these things, get some things right, make any adjustments you need to, and then I'll close us in prayer. Father, your word is that lamp unto our feet that light to our path. Lord, without it, we, we wouldn't know truth from error. We couldn't discern anything. We couldn't help anybody, let alone ourselves. But I thank you that the word of God is the more sure and certain word from you. It is that certain prophetic word, Lord, and we, we rely upon it because we know that these men spoke from you and the prophecies prove that. Lord, I pray that you'll help us to pay attention to the word. I pray as individuals and as a church body that we will be a people who would uh, be filled with the scriptures. But not only, not only filled with uh, head information, Lord, but would pay attention, as Peter says, which means far more than, than just knowing information, but obeying the word, loving it, spreading it, enjoying it, doing it to please you. I pray that we would be doers of the word and not hearers only. Lord, I would pray that you'd help us to be a discerning people, a people who know how to walk through this dark world without stumbling. And Lord, I pray that you'll give us just a holy enthusiasm for Christ's return. We know that... Uh, based on what your word says, that he could come back for us at any time. And we pray that you'll help us, Lord, to walk each day in the light of that and, and to, not, to not think that because it hasn't happened for 2,000 years, we can just put it out of our, our minds. Lord, we, we're to live like the Thessalonians who, who looked to the heavens awaiting the sun coming. And Lord, we want to await your return with that same blessed expectation. 
So I pray you'll seal these, these words to our hearts. I pray you'll draw anyone who needs Christ to yourself, that they might be ready for when the King is coming. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening today to Verse by Verse. How about it? Are you ready for the coming of the Lord? Is it a blessed hope or is it an ominous dread? It can be the best day of your life if you'll trust Jesus as your Savior. I'll have a number for you to call in just a moment if you have questions. We're glad you could join us today as Pastor Steve Kreloff finished up this series from 2 Peter chapter 1. It's about God's provisions for our spiritual growth. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. If you have questions about how you can be sure you're ready for Jesus to come back, call Lakeside at 727-441-1714. That's also the number to call if you'd like to have a free audio CD with the entire sermon. Just call 727-441-1714. And ask for message 4807, The Power and Coming of Our Lord Jesus Christ, Part 2. You can also listen online by going to the message archive page at versebyverseradio.org. There's no charge for these files, whether you download them or stream them, whether you want one of them or a dozen. One more important page on our website is the giving page, where we make it simple and secure if you feel led to help support Verse by Verse. We're very thankful for all our supporters. That's at versebyverseradio.org. I'm Jerry Peterson. Please join us next time on Verse by Verse as Pastor Steve starts a new series from God's Word. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's Verse. There's a lot going on right now. 